What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Eve with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today we have Laura, who's an athletic trainer. She uh, honestly has had many roles in the athletic training world and brings uh, just a lot of passion and energy about her profession and about health and wellness. So uh, we had a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. So without further ado, here is Laura. Laura, what's up? How's it going? Going pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is on. We're making it happen right here, right now. So Laura, is, as an athletic trainer, has done multiple things in multiple arenas. So I think it would be, first of all, really, really interesting to just, which I don't know, is like where your athletic training journey started. Uh, it started way back in high school. Um, I always thought I wanted to be a physical therapist growing up. You don't want to be a physical therapist. No, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're so right. <laughs> um, and, and then when I got hurt as an athlete, I started hanging out in the athletic training room a little bit and, and realized it was way more of a fun place to be and you got to see a lot more action and, and I was really drawn to like the emergency action, emergency management side of things. So um, I started you know, doing it on purpose, hanging out in there and, and interned and, and really kind of took off wanting to do that. So. Um, so you're like, like the on field, like, oh crap, injury happened. Yeah. I get to go run out there, assess the injury. Like. Yeah. I, as far as, in my, my opinion, athletic training is the most comprehensive kind of uh, allied health profession that there is because you typically, in the at least the, the traditional sense of athletic training, you're there for the prevention of injuries, the emergency management and initial evaluation of treatments, the, the, you know, decision makings, the rehab, and the return to play, and there's really no other allied health profession. Yeah, you that's definitely, like end to end. Yeah, you definitely right. don't see that in physical therapy as much. You definitely don't see that. Um, you know, in medicine, you don't. See, the doctors aren't there for that whole for that whole thing, and mm-hmm. so um, I really enjoyed that because it kept you kind of on your toes, and and it was every day was different, and you got to see these kids mostly kids through the whole progression of, of their their injury and their recovery and, and ultimately their return to play and, you know, even growing up. And so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of shifted gears away from the traditional athletic training and now I'm in the clinic. Um, and, you know, what's good about that is I, I see a range of When you people. say in the clinic, what do you mean? Just so. So I work in an orthopedic surgeon's office. Yep. So um, I spend most of my day seeing patients, either new patients or follow ups or, or post op patients, um, anywhere from ages, you know, three and four to 100. Um, and so that's really cool because I'm definitely not used to seeing that broad of a range of patients. and. And all the things that come with that, whether they're weekend warriors or, you know, sedentary or just little kids that, um, yeah. you know, fooshed and, and broke their arms. So, 
Yeah, that's really cool. It's kind of expanded my horizons a little bit. What do you, um, as far as being in the clinic as an athletic trainer, like what kind of stuff have you seen that you didn't see? And we'll get back to this because I'm going to circle back. Being an athletic trainer at a school, right, and being in a more traditional mindset with yeah. the whole thing, being in clinic, what are some things that you like? You think you learned or you picked up that you didn't pick up otherwise <laughs> that just makes it different? Um, well, I mean, besides just seeing other things in general, seeing other groups of people, you know, being able to read x-rays and MRIs and kind of understanding what is, what is going to be surgical, what is going to be treated conservatively. Um, so like the diagnosis side of things. Yeah. And the, yeah. the prognosis of like, okay, if I see this, this is typically how this is going to go. Yeah. And the, and the confirmation of okay, if I had been on my own, which I mostly was, um, was I right based on the fact that I don't have x-ray vision um, and I didn't have access to, you know, x-rays and diagnostic um, imaging, but now I do, so it's kind so of... So were you right a lot of the time? <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, um, but also, also knowing... Sometimes I get confused, I refer someone... Um, something that I was sure was going to be bad and and you know they'd be like oh it's that's nothing it's going to heal on their own its own and and just knowing like the individual kind of nuances of what we see on x-ray even though it's one specific diagnosis what that means um you know treatment wise and prognosis wise um so that's been kind of cool to to have more of a knowledge base instead of just like okay this is a this is a a Jones fracture. Um, What's a Jones fracture? A Jones fracture is a fracture of the base of your fifth metatarsal, which is in your foot. And and sometimes um, those absolutely have to get repaired, and sometimes they don't. And it really just doesn't look very different from one to the next, but you just have to see enough of them. And, and even still, it's different. Different doctors have different criteria. And so um, I've also gotten to work with other doctors, and that's been kind of, interesting to see what how they differ as well in their protocols and kind of nuances yeah that's a lot to chew on right there yeah no I mean I think it's really interesting because I've been you know we don't do a lot of direct access at least not like severe injuries like that but yeah like for sure I'll get somebody in clinic and they may have had like knee pain and heard a pop and it was like a twisting injury and you're like yeah. oh this is this is ACL injury yeah yeah for sure Without a doubt. I don't, you don't even need an yeah. MRI screw yeah. the surgeon, right? You yeah. can do like a Lachman test of like, if you're not familiar, basically you're just like holding the top of the knee, like kind of above the kneecap and then kind of below and you're kind of moving it back and forth. And if it's loose, which the ACL kind of holds that, then like more than likely there might be some sort of tear there. So yeah. it's a complete tear. Yeah. And I would just like positive Lachman, everything done. Yes. And then they had to yeah. go get an MRI and just like, oh, I'm fine. Like, ACL's actually, didn't great. Even, didn't yeah. even like actually have an injury. Like I'm fine. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, they would get challenged really, really quickly. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and then there's the elusive partial ACL tear. What does that mean? And and half the time they fix it, and half the time they don't. Yeah. Rehab and so. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I wonder, and this is going to go off a little bit of on a tangent, mm-hmm. and we'll see if you you let me go here. But like, I think a lot of people, when they go see the doctor, they think it's a very clear cut. All doctors kind of like mm-hmm. A know best and B like would kind of be the same, right? Like they would just see an MRI and be like, man, if I showed this this MRI to a hundred doctors, 
probably 95 of them are going to say this is a surgical thing and this is what's going to happen when it seems to be like there's could be a thousand different answers and a thousand different ways to do this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it depends on the situation, or not the situation, but what we're talking about as far as the diagnosis. Some or, things are more clear cut is. than others. Some right? things are more clear cut than others. Yeah. Um, yeah, are you going to get an MRI with a meniscus tear and have every single doctor say, yeah, we need to do a meniscectomy and go in there and trim it out? Mm-hmm. Um, no, like that. that's going to be very variant, but it's also based on the patient too. So, you know, a good doctor is not just going to treat the MRI, they're going to treat the patient and... Man, let's hope so. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. No. Ideally, I, ideally, yeah. they should. They that's don't. Good to know. They don't just treat the image. Yeah. And so I think that's a hard question to ask. But no, no matter what, you're not gonna see one diagnostic picture or one you know clinical picture, and and every or the majority of doctors are not necessarily gonna come up with the same solution. Yeah. There are what's best practice and. Yeah, but every doctor, previous yeah. I mean, they're every doctor has a different kind of, rationale yeah. for what they do and yeah. why. And that's what I try to tell people. There's, there's maybe like a nice way to do it, but like, you know, doctors are, are humans too, right? Yeah. Like they're just, there's variability in these things. And like, that's why I usually push people for like, I'm not going to say no matter what, there's some clear cut examples, but like, you probably should try conservative, like non-surgical, non pharmaceutical shot like yeah just try that first because the variability is so high so like try that yeah really try that there's a difference between kind of trying it and really trying it yeah which i'm sure you've seen yes. too, right yes Where and just, that's why i'm gonna go check that box as opposed to like okay i'm truly gonna buy into this because it's tough and i mean most of the time and we all have our opinions about insurance and what they dictate but you know insurance will typically always dictate that they try some sort of conservative treatment first right and then Try home-based physical therapy or clinic-based physical therapy or whatever it may be. But man, is that not defined? What does that even mean? <laughs> it's not defined. It's just yeah. a box that they have to check before they can move on to the yeah. next step. Which I do like. Like that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. Um, but it's taken advantage of. And and one of the things I do in the clinic, um, is I give the majority of our patients, at least the ones that it makes sense, I give them a home-based exercise program, even if we give them. A physical therapy referral because it's just good to give them stuff right then and there yeah. and, and I some always people may not go right like, yeah sure oh some happens. people may not go and I always tell them hey just so you know these only work if you do them <laughs> and it's so funny because they're like yeah 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 <laughs> but I think probably 10% maybe 20 do it with any sort of consistency mm-hmm and I just wonder if any of the following steps would be necessary if, if like it's if it's something that's reasonable to be resolved conservatively, if that would be alone, what could be solved, what could solve it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, oh man. You, you know, know, like plantar fascia, things that that yeah. can easily, well, somewhat easily be be treated. Yeah, I mean, it depends on your verb. Like, yeah. you know, changing a habit and yeah. putting in something new is, like, really, really hard, right? Like, why else would we have, like, a obesity epidemic, yeah. right? Like, it was super easy yeah. not to eat unhealthy foods and exercise. Like, yeah. People would be doing it in spades. So, I get it, but at the same time, what I don't get is why we wouldn't spend a ton of 
resources, and resources could be time, energy, money, mm -hmm. intelligence, whatever, to get more people to do that conservative route. Because I feel like, and this is me, oh man, I'm gonna bash it, but it's okay. Like, here's a physical therapy world, here's some exercises, and then that's it. The kind of the buck would stop there, right? Like, there's nothing about like following up to make sure they do it. There wouldn't be like yeah. online programs to make sure that they consistently do it. Check-ins. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's all these resources to help people. And I mean, I get why there's just not a lot yeah. behind that to make sure that it happens. I mean, they, you know, you know it, everyone wants that magic pill, right? And, oh man, and, we get it all the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and so they think if they get a diagnosis and they get a treatment plan, they don't actually have to follow through with it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll just get better. And so then they come back and they're like, well, it's not better. Right. What do we do? Yeah. What do we do? You know? Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, a lot of things, like, and I'm not going to um, dig into the, the research or anything like that, but that's why, like, new, um, we'll just call them passive treatments, and passive treatments could be, like, supplementation, like, right now CBD oil's big, yeah, right? or, yeah. like, traction, or, like, ultrasound, yeah, or, yeah. like, um, I think, like, class four lasers are huge, right? Because it requires nothing. zero effort, it. right? Yeah. Getting here put a laser yeah. on me, I'm just going to take this pill and then I'm magically going to get better, yeah. which we, which everyone, I feel like everyone does understand that that's just like probably not how the body works, mm. right? Like you'd think there's got to be some inherent truth there, but like we're just all kind of maybe in denial. Just yeah. Like, yeah, totally like this. Never, I'm not going to yeah. too much. Like, you know what I mean? But like it just has to, you're going to have to pair that with movement and exercise like no matter what. Yeah. You know? And so we'll see. I feel like that we're slowly getting to that path. And people, people have fear because a lot of times the reason they got hurt is because of movement and activity. Sure. Um, and so, especially for people that, you know, maybe overweight or maybe just sedentary and undertrained, and then all of a sudden they decide, I'm going to start something, I'm going to be active, and then they hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. And so what do they do? Then they want to just not do anything that could potentially hurt them more. Right. Um, no, that makes a lot of sense. We were talking about this. We just had like our, like I told you, that's our made to move company retreat. And we were talking about like what our mission and kind of vision was. And like the theme that kept coming up was one was like education and two was empowerment. And so like yeah. the piggyback yeah. off that, it's like, all right, yeah, I just, whatever, I squatted for the first time or I hadn't like run in forever and I was started running and now my knee hurts and they want to attribute that, you know, the act of running to it. Mm -hmm. And what we typically do, it's really funny. People just come in sometimes um, and they have like a lot of pain and just kind of educating them on the fact that like, Hey, this is because you ran, but it's only because your body wasn't prepared for that. You probably just did too much too soon. Yeah. This is what you need to do now and slowly build your back. Just that yeah. education yeah. and saying it's okay to move. Like actually it's going to get you better. Like is like, that is almost like if we just did that. We'd be, yeah. Like, that's the and that, physical therapy. Like, there's my physical therapy. Yeah. Right the other side of the coin is the people that you have to convince that they're not actually strong. You know, they're like, oh, I'm strong. I, I work out. And some of the people that have some of the strongest muscles also have some of the weakest muscles. You know, mm -hmm. the, depending on what they are, they have muscle imbalances. And, and so getting them to kind of drink the Kool Aid that there's still room for improvement and, some of their imbalances is what's causing all of their problems. Yeah, no, I agree, with. right? We, we kind of similar principle, right? Just because you're a really strong runner mm -hmm. wouldn't make you a really good, like, 
like at squatting, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're not strong in that regard. Like, yes. It's completely different. And like yeah. maybe you're missing this something else, this imbalance, as you called it. Like you're yeah. just not doing this one thing or you started doing this one thing. Yeah. But they just maybe, assume that couldn't possibly be it. Right. Like it couldn't possibly be that I'm not doing these super easy exercises that are beneath me. You know, it's... Like I already so, go to the gym five yeah, and do bicep so I, curls. So like, I'm like, yeah, but... Have you seen my but if yeah. you know if you do this just trust me you know i have yeah. to really be like just trust me <laughs> yeah. yeah and i'm sure that's hard in clinic right because for us like okay we get an hour with somebody it'll probably yeah. take me sometimes that entire hour yeah. of explaining it no. to them breaking yeah. it down and then probably showing them to like hey come here let's go to the squat rack yeah let's put a little weight on yeah. there and see how you feel yes. oh man like i'm awful at this well yes. boom tell yeah. me you're still strong now yeah. it's actually i just punch you in the face with it. Now yeah. it's going to be really hard to deny it. And I have like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have a squat rack. Yeah. And you're, you know. And I have to office. make a lot of assumptions, you know, uh, based on what I think they can do, what's yeah. probably going on. And that's and, an inherent yeah. triage, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just like, I've got a limited amount of time. Yeah. Let me get the best bang for my buck within this, right? Yeah. And you kind of, yeah. you know, I think that's a big part. We were talking before, like what you've kind of learned is probably you've gotten so many reps in Mm-hmm. Of so many different kinds of people yeah. with different sets of issues, yeah. and now you have uh, th- like this many conversations. You could probably triage like crazy <laughs> and get a yeah. really good outcome. Yeah, yeah. You know because you know, oh man, this is what this person like. I've done this X number of times. I can probably pinpoint this ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Like it's nice. It's things. nice to be able to test myself. Like, yeah. This is what's gonna happen. Right. This is the treatment. <laughs> that there's going to be a suggestion and this is where right. we're going to go from there and it's nice to to be able to to at least you know feel like I can make a difference in them even though I have a short period of time yeah. with them yeah and I think that's what's in my opinion I mean there's a lot of health professions out there but like you as an ATC like I think that's you know I think there's a lot of similarities between what physical therapy does yeah. and ATC too yeah. like our skill sets are very very similar um, just to be able to be in clinic at that kind of ground level, I think would be really, really important mm-hmm. because you just understand it from end to end. So you could just provide value at all these touch points. And usually a surgeon is kind of hopefully, you know, seeing them before and then conservative care and like surgical mm-hmm. and then post-surgical yeah. and like return to sport, which is, I think, necessary for good outcomes. For yeah. You, right? Yeah. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. If you have someone that was doing a sport before, back to pre you know pre-injury condition I guess Mm -hmm. and sometimes that you know sometimes that doesn't happen and a lot of times it has to do with you know patient compliance but I think I think the patient has to feel like they're being heard too um, to to want to take you know an active role in their own outcome which is actually kind of hard to come by yeah Um, which is sad right but But, you know there's always, of course, there's that individual ownership on mm-hmm. the patient. But at the same time, you know, you as the health professional have to take ownership. All right, what do I need to say to this person? What do they need to hear or do? Or what do we need to talk about to get them yeah. to become that active component? That's like my yeah. biggest challenge. I think it's like sometimes uh, anybody's like biggest challenge as a coach or a professional mm-hmm. or whatever. is like, how yeah. do I get this person to act? Like, I know what you need to do, but how do I actually... Yeah. Create action. How do I get you to act on your best? Yeah. Interest? How do I do that in five minutes? Like probably pretty yeah. challenging. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's interesting. So with 
we can kind of contrast that. And I still want to talk about it a little bit. So like you and your kind of active role um, being at a school, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. More often than not, they're in a high school level, right? Or they're like semi-professional high, or professional level. High ATCs. school, college. I mean, a lot of them, I, I, I don't know the percentages, but I think the majority of them are at a college level. Um, but yeah, high school, high school, not so much middle school. I mean, I had middle school and high school because it's private. Mm-hmm. private school um, um, and then yes and then semi-professional yeah. professional. so tell us about your main role there because I thought you had you know obviously you had some degree of autonomy yeah right? like yeah you got to see a lot of athletes and um, um, I wore I mean I wore a lot of hats there but you know my main job was to prevent treat manage and and rehab um, injuries and so I felt like my most important role was being there in case of an emergency, a medical emergency or an injury emergency. And, and there were a number of sporting events going on at all times and, and practices and games. So just being there for coverage. And so at that point, you take on more of like a, a, a emergency management role. And so I actually had my EMT license um, for a little while before I, I started here in Charleston. And so that was Super, super helpful. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And CPR instructor. Um, And so then I think the rehab part kind of took the backseat because when you have 700-something athletes and so many injuries every week, the rehab part can kind of fall to the wayside and and get pushed to someone else. Um, But I I think my, um, my main role was it started with <laughs> tri- triage treat refer um and then and then return to play and the functional return to play i think was the most fun um because you know your yeah adapt your surroundings and most of the time you know most athletes want to get better and they want to be back and so once you can kind of loosen the reins and let them um go back to play that's sort of the fun rewarding part High school player does not want to stop playing their sport. Oh my goodness. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Depends, right? <laughs> Unless it's, you know, conditioning day. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, I hurt my ankle. I gotta go see yeah, the yeah. That's funny. That's funny. So maybe almost like in a broad sense, like, um, which I thought was really interesting. I didn't tell you this earlier because I wanted to almost spring it on you, but like we found out today that a Boeing they have ATCs, I don't know, did you know this, mm-hmm. on staff, mm-hmm. to kind of like, again, triage in a very, like, which seems to be a very cost-effective way, or Boeing, yeah. Boeing probably wouldn't be doing that. Oh, yeah. So um, I think there's like so many, which I want to broaden this up over, like, what role do you see at ATCs having, like, going into the future, where are they, like, best served, because you're, what I like about you is you're just super passionate about your profession, the way I am, mm-hmm. and just see, like... A bigger world where ATC is going to make a huge difference. Yeah, so yeah. like I just thought that was super cool. It's like you don't need a doctor, you have an ATC, like bam, triage. Like okay, serious yeah. is not serious. Here we go. I want to tangent. You go. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, in, industrial athletic training is one of the emerging settings in in our field, and it's really neat because you know there's a lot of repetitive motions that happen in in the industrial world, right? You're, you're on a conveyor belt, you're doing something over yeah, and over and over and over and over. The yeah. top on a toothpaste over and, and over And if again. that's what you do, eight yeah. hours a day, 40 hours a week for 20 years, I mean, yeah, and if you, if you don't do that effective, one, prevention, so athletic trainers prevent injuries. 
So prevention, making sure that things are ergonomically correct, that you're, you're uh, strong enough to do the job that you're doing, um, and, and that, the thi- that what you're doing is safe. You know, whether the equipment is safe or whether you're doing it um, yeah, safe like for your right body. Yeah, use your right hand for a while yeah. and then you need to switch, go to left hand, you need to break this often. Right? But so then, then they can also be there for, you know, injuries that happen, workplace injuries or um, not just overuse ones. So it is, there's a lot of parallels with, um, with sports and with, you know, the industrial setting and just there's that much potential for for being able to prevent injuries, treat injuries, and then rehab them back to back to work, and so they can athletic trainers can really limit the amount of times that, um, it, you know, workers are are um, out of work, you right? know, out of work or yeah. doing diminished well, things. Workers, but like workers' cop claims. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, they can save money. money and yeah. I'll come down to money, but sure. so I mean, that is happening on a broader spectrum and other aspects of healthcare. Um, and athletic trainers are just constantly like trying to um, push the boundaries and have other healthcare, you know, uh, providers and insurance companies and kind of powers that be determine what um, athletic trainers can can do. And so yeah, it's just so interesting. Like, let's just be honest. Like, it's like a turf war in a lot of ways. It's right? a we have a war. lot of allied health like. Probably an occupational therapist. That would make sense. Just the word occupational therapist. Yeah. Not, you know, we went to school with OT, but uh, quite necessarily yeah. what they do, you know, they you know, rehab hands and stuff like that. And I, like, everyone has yeah. specialties. And like, oh, yeah. you could put a PT probably in that role too. You could put an OT in that absolutely, role. Absolutely, absolutely. In that role. And so it's like, who does what and when? It's like really interesting how it's like. And so I waters think there. I think the unfortunate thing is, I think what's pushing athletic training into into broader horizons and, and emerging settings is that we cost less, which I don't know if that's necessarily like great for us, um, but it's a starting point, sure. you know. Um, and like the starting salary of an ATC is way lower than a PT, than a PT. Than OT, yeah. Right, as far as like, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> terrible reason. It's not because of our skill set, it's because we're the cheapest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, great, but not um, yeah. And so I think that. I, I think that it's at least a start and then you know we do get in there and we prove ourselves and and I think any setting that they've kind of opened up to athletic trainers that we've kind of taken it and run with it and have shown our our value so um I mean I'm excited I'm excited to see where where we kind of are in five to ten years because you know 15 years ago there were it was it was we were mostly kept in our corner which was just sports sports. and and so you know athletic training is kind of pushed and an athlete is not just you know someone in a football helmet it's you know the active population and that's who i like you gotta yeah Yeah. exactly exactly thanks nike (laughs) um so you know i think it's i think our name is confusing just like occupational therapy no one really knows what occupational therapy is, and, and an occupational therapist has to constantly explain it, um, and so does athletic trainers. So I mean, yeah. But I think I think physical therapists at one point were probably people were probably confused about what all they could do. Oh, if you listen to this podcast, you 
you already know how I yeah. feel about what <laughs> physical therapy is viewed as and how I think physical yes. therapy yeah. should be viewed. True. You know, and what I like, again, I like people who create action. It's the same thing as you. It's like, all right, my profession may not be where it is today, so I'm going to do everything I can to push my profession forward, even if it's yeah. just you, your individual yeah. view. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I could just sit back and, you know, just continue to be, uh, you know, an ATC at a high school, but mm-hmm. like, no, maybe I want more, right? Yeah. There's, you know, us in a cash-based setting, we've talked about other ATCs who now, in a cash-based setting, are doing exactly what we're doing, which I yeah. love, you yeah. know what I mean? And you just have to, you have to advocate like just like yeah with patient care like yeah. you have to be act, an active person in your care it's the same thing in your profession if yeah. you want to make more money you're just going to have to be an active role and push the boundary yeah. forward that's kind of the only way to go even for pt like that there's nobody's going to be like oh yeah physical therapist you just you just take all that yeah. you just take it you take all the money you take all the patients it'll be fine that's never going to happen yeah you're going to have to advocate and yeah and fight for, for and it. prove your worth yeah yeah prove your worth that'd be nicer than fighting yeah we're not fighting anybody or hitting them yeah, yeah. be at the front lines with yeah. my no, sometimes I feel with my theracane yeah oh my god the theracane that never enters my clinic I'll be very very happy oh I don't know I know I know just for what it it's represents passive, like, you're right yeah just yeah I'm still on the other side of things like it's almost probably too much I've now yeah. finally started to roll things where oh, yeah. it's like hey you want to do some lacrosse ball, some foam roll work that makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? The passive modality definitely has its place. Dang it, you know? I just, yes, you heard me. I said, don't yeah. care. You don't, don't think of that. No. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such a small piece of the pie, people. Yeah. It's there, but it's a small piece of the pie. So to circle back to that, so like you have ATCs in sports, professional, high school, that kind of stuff. You have the ATCs in the industrial world mm-hmm. now. You have ATCs in clinical care, mm-hmm. right? And in some regards, not just being, we'll just call them a, like a medical assistant at a happening clinic, but even like in, surger- in surgery, yep. right? And like, yep. doing like, is there anything else that we're kind of missing in ATC? I mean, now we said some going to like full on cash pay performance yeah. based world, yep. which we're doing. Is no, that, no that's not it, but I'm being put on the spot, so. Oh, okay. There's more, right? There's, like, <laughs> There's so, the so much more. Let's yeah. see. Um, let's, I can't even think of all yeah, the so ways, but, uh, like it, in the military, that's a big one. Um, the military is starting to hire a lot of athletic trainers, um, and assigning them with like, um, did you hear what the military did with sit-ups and deadlifts? No. Deadlifts are now part of their PT test Uh-oh. instead of sit-ups. My husband's going to be in trouble. <laughs> Don't, Don't see us. All he can have his deadlift 100 pounds in four weeks, guaranteed. But yeah, no, it's kind of crazy, right? Like, you would have never thought, I'm sure people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Deadlifts are inherently bad for you. But guess what? During PT tests, you're going to recognize that they're not. Yeah. So, crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, as long as, know, as, long as they're doing them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think the military is just a perfect place for athletic trainers to kind of expand. And I haven't seen a whole lot here in Charleston because um, I think I think it's like mostly with the army, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are starting to to spark up everywhere because I mean, what a tactical athlete is as much of an athlete, you know, a sport athlete as, as anything, if not more. Um, I agree. And uh, so that's a really neat and kind of exciting um, avenue for athletic trainers. There's going to be so much. I mean, I feel like 
Again, I feel like, yes, the expanding role is happening due to cost, mm-hmm. but like that is going to have the secondary... Well, cost and value. And value, right. <laughs> We're talking yeah. that one can't be yeah. out of the other, right? Exactly. And they're going to realize the value, and then hopefully more people are going to realize, like, oh, man, if I like change my movement patterns or I exercise mm-hmm. more or I fix my you know, imbalances or whatever, right, like that I can avoid injuries and I can be stronger yeah. and like not have to go the surgical route and so like cool I'm down with that right yeah. and like so it's it's happening more and more I don't know why hopefully it's purely because of value yeah but whatever <laughs> however it's driven yeah it's awesome it's being driven that way and that the allied health is a as a unit can say all right yeah we all can help in these various areas you know whatever works for anybody as long as we're yeah. getting moving I think it's a slow moving train but I think yeah, there's like certain individuals and that have kind of just pushed it and I think yeah. that's really neat yeah yeah I think in 10 years we'll be having a completely different conversation I don't know what that conversation is yeah. going to be yeah but I know it's going to be different yeah because like think about even just 10 years ago what was the role of physical therapist or each like is completely different than it is now like I think you know we were still probably a bachelor's degree and you know we're definitely not in a performance-based setting yeah and, um yeah no interesting stuff for sure so what's what's I'm going to put you on the spot again. This will be my last question, though. Um, like, you're in the clinical care stuff. You've done the, the high school side of things. Like, where do you think the nec- next evolution would be for what you're thinking? And you don't have to, like, you don't have to stick to it. But, or maybe you don't know, and that's okay, yeah. too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think for the first time, I'm I'm super open to keeping my options open about what I'm what I'm gonna do and where I'm gonna go and just seeing kind of what what um surfaces because I've been so caught up in trying to have what do I want to be what is the exact job I want to do from from here on out and mm-hmm. what avenue do I want to go down you've always had the plans like oh, this I, yeah is next, this I have next. I've always had this kind of like um chronological plan or, or not so much chronological yeah. but just a a plan that made sense and no lateral no lateral motions and and um you know life doesn't always work like that and I want to be able to just jump on something that feels good and that feels right so you know keeping my options open and and whatever I'm doing as long as I'm learning I'm I'm happy so I'm happy That's where awesome. I am because well, I I just I I'm getting better no matter what I'm doing. Right. Um, and so, you know, if I if I don't feel like I'm learning, then I'm not going to stay where I am. Right, right. I mean, you've had a definitely a crazy journey up until now, yeah. you know. And, I mean, you said it earlier, you're, like, super happy and felt like you've made a right move where you mm-hmm. just learned a ton, you know, yeah. a ton. And, you know, keep doing, going down that path of, continuous learning and like yeah I think it's really cool to be in a place where it's like all right I'm not sure what my next step is like we'll just kind of see where the journey takes me yeah so to speak yeah I mean the good thing is I once I open myself to being able to do other things then I can kind of open to being open yeah open to being (laughs) open that's you know (laughs) and see what happens next and see what happens I mean I don't have to have a job that's supposed to be for a athletic trainer mm-hmm. it just because just because it doesn't have atc in the job title doesn't mean that yeah. it's not something that we can be good at or that right. I can be good at. we're seeing that 
across the health profession world mm-hmm. in general, like MDs yeah. to PTs to ATCs to Kairos, whatever, like yeah. where they're just like in the healthcare world, and we can talk about burnout too, and yeah. what that means. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's a whole different discussion. But it's <laughs> it's happening and alarming late for everybody. Yeah, you know, in the in the health professional world, and so yeah, no, it's a uh, it's almost kind of cool too how like our knowledge base as healthcare professionals can kind of like transcend other, you know, yeah, places where people didn't think they, you know, whether it's like a startup or whether it's like uh, inventing new things like some MDs are doing. I, I mean, is a big mm-hmm. point of that. So, yeah, well, it's cool. We'll see. We'll see what happens next. So if um, we have to do some self-promotion, you're not a big self-promoting kind of person. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they want to like find out more about you, like where yeah. could they go? Where about me? Where could they go? Yeah, like usually people are like, okay, I have an Instagram. You can come like check out what I'm doing there. Or, like uh, you can put out your email address. I mean, some we have one person put out their cell phone number. I would not, I would not <laughs> do that. Um, but everybody can do each their own, you know. Well, if you want to check out all my home renovations, you can check out my Instagram. I like it. Sure, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, there might be an ATC. Is like, oh man, that sounds cool. Like, how can I reach out? And you know, Let's like, see. where should I go? And I'm going to totally reach out to Laura and say, oh, man, well, conversation inspired me to go be an athletic trainer. You just never know. Yeah. Thanks. Me and my three listeners. You can find me on Instagram. Don't remember what my name is, but if you just search my name. Love it. Love it. We will link to it in the show notes. Yes. If you are so inclined. Um, and also, if you go to Healthy Charleston, I have an Instagram. I will tag you. Perfect. And then you can repost it and share it to the world. I'll see your home innovations. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming. I really think this was awesome. Oh, good. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy. Well, hopefully your editor can make me not sound like an <laughs> <laughs> Edit, no. I forgot to tell you, it doesn't get edited. It really just gets put on total unedited. You forgot to tell raw, <laughs> raw audio file. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. See y'all later. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.